Many roofing companies start out by making a bunch of sales, get a bunch of revenue in the door, and then figuring out all the processes and the marketing and everything like that. Actually, some companies never figure out the processes and the marketing, but that's a whole other story. My guest today is someone who has started her roofing company with a good amount of experience, and she started from day one with the right processes, the brand, the marketing, the vision, the core values, and all of those things, and has grown a successful roofing company in just over one year. This is someone who I've gotten to know over the course of the last few months. She is a client of Contractor Dynamics, and I want to have her on because she's an energetic personality. She's very well known in the roofing industry, especially among the women in the roofing industry. So I'm excited to bring you this conversation with my friend, our client, Lee Lipniscus. What's going on, everyone? I'm here with my good friend, Lee Limbiscuit. Uh, I mean, Lipniscus, uh, Limbiscuit, Fred Durst, right? Totally. 100%. Yep. All right. So that's how you've, uh, you, you told me you, uh, how to pronounce your last name. Mm-hmm. So I guess you do that a lot, huh? I do. That's kind of my go-to of how I tell people how to pronounce my last name. Because it, it it's so much easier when you know it and then you read it. But people seem to know, the older generation seems to know Fred Durst. So it works. Yeah, I guess we're old, right? Some of these some of these youngins <laughs> that are like in the industry, they're like 25. We're like, what are you guys talking about, right? I know. I know, totally. Go go YouTube or Spotify, Limp Biscuit, and it'll pump you mm-hmm. up for uh, whatever else you have to do for today. It'll get you fired up. So um, yeah. <laughs> All right. So Lee, uh, Lee is someone I got to know over the past, I would say six months or so. She's now a client of Contractor Dynamics. She's been a young gun in Roofing Contractor Magazine. We hung out at IRE in Dallas a couple of months ago, got to know her a little bit more. And I really just want to bring her on here. I think she's someone that a lot of people in the roofing industry know of and know. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I feel so honored. Like, I feel like I'm with a celebrity in the roofing industry today, so I'm oh, pretty man. excited. I'm just a guy with a show, and uh, hey, we just <laughs> we just hit 150 episodes, and it's it's That's cool amazing. because you hit these milestones, and it's like ah, it's just another Tuesday. Like let's go, let's do another one. Um, but it is pretty cool to kind of you know reflect back on that. So that being said, give us a little bit of a background, like who's Lee? You know where you at? Where'd you come from? What are you up to? Yeah. A uh, small town, Indiana girl turned contractor, really. I um, I have it. I mean, the biggest thing is like, I'm an insurance nerd at heart. That's kind of, you know, what I tell people. I ha- have a degree in risk management and insurance. I thought I wanted to be an actuary back in the day. It's so nerdy, but um, I-, I love math and I re- quickly realized that I have way too much of a personality to be an actuary. And so I uh, switched from actuarial science to insurance and risk management, which is really no less nerdy. It's just like on the other side of things, right? And I was an adjuster for a while. I thought I got a job at Farmers Insurance, like right out of college. And I thought like, oh man, I made it. I'm making $35,000 a year. I get a car. Like I get to go out and like see people and get on roofs and And like, I had no idea what I was getting into, you know, it's like looking back, I was an adjuster for like five years and farmers and travelers. And then I went independent for like three years and traveled after catastrophes, which was super cool. But I, I, you know, I thought I was 
really helping people, especially in like the catastrophe world, right? Like sometimes you do and then sometimes you really don't. And so I've I've been on that other side of I've been the fighter with contractors, you know, and after a while, I just couldn't do it anymore in good conscience, right? I just, I have this inherent nature to help people. And I just got to a point where I wasn't helping people anymore. So I switched sides to the good side, I feel, and um, worked for a contractor in Colorado, a general contractor. And I know Xactimate really well. Um, after doing it for so long, you just kind of memorize it. And so I started estimating for them and then went to the production team and scheduling. And I went on site and did like project management and kind of like moved my way through that company. You know, it was a smaller company and it was great experience. And, and then, um, went to the operations side and supplementing, which is like a whole nother animal in our industry, you know, and, I've loved to see the shift in supplementing in the last like 10 years. It's super cool to see how that's kind of evolving and changing. And um, and then I got stuck in this like finance side, you know, and and I'm good with numbers. I think, you know, you and I have talked about that before. I, I know numbers really well. And so I was kind of put in this finance role, learned QuickBooks and accounting, became their controller, and I just kind of felt stuck. Like... I kind of tell people and I told them when I left, like I was bleeding their blood so much that I didn't have any of my own left. You know, can you really, have you ever been there? Yeah. Uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. It, um, you know, it was tough. I wanted to make them proud and I loved the company, but it just wasn't right. So I left that company and went to, um, a consulting firm for a year for construction companies and helped with, operations processes and procedures and financials and all that and on a a video I just posted I you might have watched it but um they got acquired by a a larger law firm and kind of shut down my division and so I was stuck without a job last February it was I went to IRE and three days later you know I get back and I'm without a job and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and went back home to my hometown in Indiana went to the beach and I don't know. I mean, long story, long story long. Lavello started back there and and now I'm I feel like I've finally like found my path. Like I found what I'm supposed to do in my life. You know, I feel late to the game though, but that's okay. I know what you mean. Sometimes I feel like that, like late to the game. Like you see some of these younger guns in the industry. Yeah. Like, you know, they yeah. have everything going on, but you know, we can't compare ourselves to others. We don't know the whole story and and I think totally. like there's an advice out there, like follow your passion, right? But I think that you don't really unpack your, like understand what your passion might be until you get that life experience to figure out like what you like, what you don't like, what you're all about, you know, what you want to be, what you want to be known for, like that sort of thing. So I think that's, that's really yeah. hard to figure out when you're young and don't have that life experience. Mm-hmm. Like unless... I guess there's those people out there that like they always they've always known they want to be a doctor or they want to be an engineer or like whatever. I I never had that, so um, that's cool for those that do. Yeah, I feel like I have it now, and um, I don't think that I would be able to you know have this company and start it if I didn't have the experiences that I've already had. I mean, that's 
it everything has led me to where I am today. You know, I say I feel late to the game, but that's just, you know, a mindset shift, right? But totally. it's like now, now it's become one of my uniques and it's a huge asset that I have that experience for my clients because I know both sides, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so Lavello Construction, where'd that name come from, Lavello? So Liv, I'm Italian, 50% Italian, and then my last name Lipniscus is actually Lithuanian, but uh, big on the Italian heritage for sure. And so I wanted to bring that into my company. And when I was thinking about names, I wanted something that had to do with construction, but I didn't want it to be like kind of typical hammer, nail, or also, you know, I'm in Colorado, so it's like, I didn't want it to be like peak roofing or, you know, whatever. Sorry if your name's peak roofing. No offense, <laughs> but I just, you know, I wanted something more unique. So um, Lavello means level in Italian and level to me is, you know, very much involved in construction as well as, you know, I'm really leveling up my life Yeah. and I want to, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but I want to, you know, elevate the construction industry. And so my purpose statement for Lavello Construction is production at a higher level. And so I just want to raise that bar. And I felt like level kind of encompassed a lot of what's going on in my life. And so hence Lavello, Italian. I like that. You should, have you done like a video about that or is that? No, not yet. I just did a video of how I started the company. And so that's my next kind of, where did my name come from? Yeah. I'd be interested to see that. That would be really cool. So yeah. let's let's dive into that. So you started your business. How old how how old is your business right now? Uh, thirteen months. Don't people say that like when their babies are like less than two years? It's like thirteen. It's thirteen months. I I just hit a year at the end of March. Awesome. Yeah. So a year in, how where are you based on expectations? Like. Is it pretty much like what you expected or are there things that you uh, <laughs> didn't expect or because we've all been there? Totally. You know, I'm really hard on myself. And so I feel like, you know, revenue wise uh, in the last year, it wasn't what I expected um, nor wanted. However, when I look back and reflect on the last year, I'm like, I'm super impressed, you know, with with myself and where the company is going and and the branding and, you know when I see people in leads groups or whatever, they, you know, will say, Oh, I saw you on Facebook. And I think that's so cool. You know? Yeah. So I don't have anything, you know, necessarily negative to say about the last year. There are definitely things that I would have done a little bit differently. Um, I spent the first six months really focusing on processes and procedures. Cause that's how my brain works. And mm-hmm. when I hard launched, I wanted to be able to provide that customer service to my clients, like right off the bat, I didn't want to slack. I didn't want to, I mean, for lack of a better term, like I didn't want to show weakness. Right. So I spent the first six months working on that and I wish I would have incorporated sales into that. Like I'm, I don't come from a sales background. I've never done sales, but as an owner operator and my only salesperson, I'm learning in home sales and I wish that I would have incorporated that in the first six months than just like, okay, I've got processes, procedures, marketing materials, et cetera. But it's like, like Lee, what, how do you even go up to a home and sell your product? You know what I mean? So I I wish I would have done that differently, but it's been good so far. And I mean, the start of year two is just unreal. 
Yeah, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's so many things that go into uh, creating a business other than revenue and sales. Obviously, those things are important, like the lifeblood of our businesses. But like, and those are the things that you see on social media: the revenue and numbers, and you know, number yeah. of deals closed and all that. So it can be really tempting to try to compare ourselves to others. But like, man, there's so many other things that like go into building that foundation. Uh, below ground and behind the scenes that are so important for a business. So I try to focus on those things as well. Cause like, you know, sometimes we don't control the, you know, who signs a contract and how many sales we make and things like that. Like we want to, uh, we want to focus on those activities, but um, we also need to be aware of those wins that we have, like all those pieces that we're putting in the place for the long term mm-hmm. too. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so as someone who's like, just a year in, right? You're there's so many moving parts. Trying to put all the pieces in place, the processes, the sales, and all that. But you mentioned a few minutes ago that you really like have a focus on wanting to level up the industry as well. Where does that come from, and how do you how do you make time for that in addition to like growing your young business? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's in the everyday aspect of my company, right? Like I, my first experience with contractors was when I was an adjuster and contractors really hate adjusters. Like this, it's this battle back and forth. And, you know, one of my goals, and I don't know how to do that yet, is just to take out that battle. I think that contractors forget and adjusters as well forget that you're there for the same purpose, the same person, you know, you're not there to fight. You're there to take care of the same mutual client. So I never really liked that fight. And so, um, switching sides to the contractor side, I try and come at it with grace and understanding of the other, you know, the insurance company and what they're there for. Right. So I feel like, you know, just from my experience, sometimes contractors have a bad rap. Maybe they're not honest or pushy or um, want to fight with insurance companies, et cetera, right? And I do not lead my company that way. I want to be known as, you know, the most honest and reputable contractor out there. And for both people, you know, both sides, right? We work, I'm in Colorado, we work a lot with insurance. Lately, it's been all retail, so it's a different model. But, you know, not, not only that, I want people when they think of contractors I want them to think about somebody who's going to actually take care of them and listen and solve a problem that they may have. And in doing so, you know, I think it's kind of twofold. I think one is starting from the ground up and it is in regards to how I talk to every client and how I interact with them and how I solve their problems and how I'm honest Um, in my findings. You know, I'm not going to insurance related. I'm not going to find damage just because I want to pay for a whole roof, I'm going to give them my honest opinion, right? And then also it's, you know, within the industry and going to conferences and, you know, being a part of associations and talking to other contractors. And and so it's kind of, you know, finding the same people that are, are trying to do the same things like you guys, you know, it's a big part of why I work with you is because you're trying to do the exact same thing, you know, trying to bring up that professionalism in the industry. And yeah. If that answers your question. It does. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about that. Like, you, you know, there's everyone's had a bad experience with the contractor. Uh, every contractor's had a bad experience with a marketing company. Right. So that's something that like, <laughs> yeah. 
we try to like, you know, shift that paradigm every day with the conversations that we have and operating by our core values and, uh, you know, not trying to sell everyone, but really trying to help everyone first. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, just trying to give people a different experience and, you know, try to, you know, I guess I don't, I don't really think about it as elevating like the marketing industry. I just, I want to have an impact one conversation at a time and, and try to, you know, help, help people and shift their mindsets and things like that. So, that's how it starts. Yeah, it does. Um, and it does. Yeah. And I think that you have a unique a unique position as a woman in the in the roofing industry, in the construction industry, is uh, especially a woman who's like actually on the roof and, you know, sometimes doing the work and things like that. And I know you're involved in National Women in Roofing, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What's, yeah. Uh, tell us, you're, you lit up when I said that. So talk about that for a little bit. Oh, I love National Women in Roofing. I just... There's, you know, it when you when I started my company, I did, and I'm sure we'll talk about EOS later, but you know, I really figured out who my target market was, right? And as you go on, you think you know, and then it shifts. And I was talking to Jonathan the other day, contractor dynamics, and we were talking about video and marketing. And I told him I looked the other day, and 70% of my leads are women. And I'm in women organizations, you know, throughout Denver. And and I have found, you know, it's kind of elevating the industry, right? I want to be that person to where a woman can feel comfortable with me in their home and that I'm going to tell them exactly what's going on or give them advice even if I can't help them, right? And I think that a lot of women are like that. I um, at IRE, National Men in Roofing is a, a national association, right? We're in Canada now, so I guess we're technically international in Puerto Rico. But, um, you know, we had a, a day of training at IRE. And I spoke at, at one of the breakouts about being a woman-owned um, company. And we asked the question of why. You know, I feel like it's, what is your why is always a really big question. And I found it really interesting that in that room of women, not one business owner said money. They not not one of them said, "Oh, I want to make millions. We want to impact people." And I think, you know, that's a big part of what my why is, but what National Women in Roofing has done for me is help me figure that out and help guide me. You know, there are I love our groups with contractor dynamics. I learn so much from other men in the industry, you included, right? And there's just a difference when you can have, you know, women in the industry get together. I have a, a text thread of there's four of us um, business owners throughout the U.S. and we're all women and we're called the powerhouse four. And um, we talk almost every day about issues that we're facing in our businesses. And without, you know, National Women in Roofing and other, you know, women Facebook groups, Harness and Heels is a big one as well. I don't think I would really necessarily be where I am. You know, I have some great male mentors in the industry, but there's just a difference for, you know, women in the industry. We get it. Yeah. I, uh, I can't say I get it as a, as a non <laughs> woman, but, uh, I've seen it. Like, I, you know, you guys like, uh, I saw the energy and, um, you know, of, of the females in the industry getting together. It's just like this whole other thing that like this whole other, uh, you know, mm-hmm level of energy. So, um, that's really cool that you're, you're involved in that. And I, I think that like little text message thread of four people, like that is, you know, that's, that's huge. That's huge in business mm-hmm. and life too. 
Absolutely. And it's not even, you know, we were just talking yesterday. It's not even about like, oh, I had this experience. How do I handle it? It's, hey, I've got this weird piece of metal on this cathedral. What would you guys do in this situation? You know, it's like not just, oh, I'm having a bad day. It's tech, like we talk technical talk as well. And so I, I love that about, you know, being a woman in, in the industry, I guess. But I, I don't, I will say this though. I don't like some of the differentiation between women and men in the industry. Not, we don't have to go down that road, but I just, you know, I like the camaraderie, but I think that we're all equal and we can raise the, the industry together. Okay. Well, let's go into that. Like, what do you mean by the differentiation? <laughs> hey, we, we need some juice to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, you know, I, um, I've been, you know, interviewed by several different people or magazines or whatever. And the question always comes up of what's it like being a woman in the industry? And I kind of feel like that same question is like, what's I'm a millennial as well. I'm an elder millennial, but still a millennial. And, you know, I get that question too of like, what's it like being a millennial in the industry? And I don't think that it has a bearing on being in the industry, my age, my gender. It doesn't really matter. You know, I think that I, I have so much passion for the construction industry. And to me, there's there's no differentiation uh, in regards to opportunity and training mm-hmm. and classes and, and anything like that. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I was saying. Like, I get that question a lot. And obviously, I wear pink and I am different. But yeah. you know what I mean? So you're someone that, like, doesn't want – I mean, while you appreciate having that that woman that camaraderie, like, you don't want special treatment or special advantages or anything like that. Is that kind of what you're saying? No. No, not at all. Uh-uh. Yeah. Not at all. And I don't even feel like I – as a woman, I don't even feel like I get special treatment or, you know, anything right. like that. I have no problem. Maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, how I was raised or maybe it's my personality, but I have no problem walking into a room with all men and feeling 100% comfortable or, you know, I just went to some LP siding training the other day and I was the only woman in the room of a hundred men and I didn't feel out of place or treated differently or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I've known that. that. That's the T. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. So, uh, what are some of the other things that are important to you as a business? Like, what, when you started your business, you spent a few months, you know, working on your brand, your marketing, your, your, your documents, your processes, and all that. Like, talk about, you know, what, what's, what are the core pillars of your company? Like, what do you really want to be known for as a company? Mm. That's a great question. I want to be the go-to person in Denver, right? Like in regards to knowledge, in regards to being honest, in regards to, you know, problem solving. I love problem solving. One of my favorite things are roof leaks because sometimes they are so hard to figure out. And I am determined to figure out where that stupid leak is coming from, you know? So I think, you know, I want to not you know, the general stuff, right? Quality is a given. Customer service, you know, is kind of a a cliche word to me, but you need good customer service. But I think that I want to be known for the knowledge that I can bring to a homeowner, the trustworthiness. And also, you know, I think earlier when I talked about kind of elevating the industry, the, and speaking a little bit about customer service, I think that's where I also want to differentiate, you know, because 
I think a lot of the times we get in the contractors get in this, you know, kind of not mundane, but like monotony of, okay, I'm doing a roof today. I'm doing a roof tomorrow. Roofs are all the same. And even though, you know, the components of a roof are typically the same, every house is a little bit different, but it's the client that's different. And so I think as long as I can stay client focused and have this, like, I want to provide almost like a concierge client, tailor-made customer service from start to finish. This is what's important because ultimately without your clients, you don't have a business. I totally agree. Like you talk about, hey, you're doing a roof on Tuesday, another one on Wednesday, and then on Thursday. So for you, you're you're knocking out a bunch and some companies, bigger companies are doing 30, 40 roofs a week, right? But for, yeah. that, for that homeowner, like they're getting that new roof. Like that's a big deal, right? They might only- That's get a that, huge deal. You know, yeah. They might get one or two in their entire lives. Like that's a big deal. So like think about it from their perspective- and, and making sure that they're comfortable and they know what's going on and they're put at ease and they, you know, they know when you're showing up and all those things, like they feel special, right? Because it might not be special to you, you know, or the business owner or the, you know, as you grow to your sales rep or project manager, but it's special to that homeowner. So. Absolutely. Yeah. For right now. I mean, I think it will always be special to me and I will always be in the field in some capacity meeting with clients, but it is very special to me. I'm assigned contract to me is not just money, right? It's like, like I said before, none of the women talked about money as like their why. Yes, obviously money is important, but I feel honored anytime somebody signs a contract with me. Like, thank you so much for trusting me with your project. And right now, you know, I'm doing a lot of retail. There's no storm. So people are out of pocket tens of thousands of dollars for these projects. That's they're hard-earned money, especially now, right? And so I I feel honored when somebody ever signs a contract with me. I have that same feeling. And I sometimes I catch myself, like, especially when you're in growth mode and it's like, I got two clients today or one client today, like looking for the next one, you know? And sometimes mm-hmm. I need to catch myself and pause and be like, wow, this is awesome. Like this person really, you know, gave us their money, but more importantly, their trust. And, and uh, mm-hmm. like, that's, you know, like those gift boxes, like you got one. Um, like I still pack those up myself, like on weekends, that's what I do. And I don't, I don't want to give that up because, and I don't want to automate that. I know there's ways you can automate that, but like pack those up with gratitude. Like, wow, it takes time. Like I go to the post office, you wait in Mm -hmm. line, whatever. And sometimes I don't have enough time, but I like to try to focus on like the gratitude that I have when packing up those boxes. Cause it does mean a lot. You know, It does. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You mentioned EOS before. Um, have you have you impl- you've implemented that, or you are implementing it, or what? Yeah, it's so weird implementing it for one person, you know, as an owner operator. But that's the first one of the first things I did, you know, before I even started getting licenses, was I did like almost my two day um, yearly EOS where I filled out the, you know, vision traction, uh, organizer and all of that. Like that is the first thing I did. I bought a four by eight whiteboard and I turned on music and I did nothing but that for two days just to figure out what's in my head. What is my vision? And to have me rowing in a direction, even if it's rowing by myself at this point. And I found it so helpful to do. I still do um, weekly meetings with myself 
And it's, you know, it's not as fun, obviously, but it just helps keep me on track for sure. So I did this back in, you know, 2022, right? And then I went to Best of Success and I watched Benny speak and he talked about uh, Rocket Fuel, you know, which is one of Gina Wickman's books and talking about the difference between a um, visionary and a integrator. And for the longest time, I thought my identity was an integrator because of how I had to function in my last job and, and jobs before for uh, the other general contractor. I was a doer. I believed in their vision and I got it done. You know, I almost cussed there, but I stopped myself. You know, I got it done. And then I read that book and I was like, oh my God, like I am not in uh integrator. I'm a visionary. And it, and then it was like, my whole existence made sense after that, you know, and then I could finally breathe because there are things that you're a visionary too, that we are not great at. I think you're a visionary. Are you a visionary? You have to be. I have a little bit of both, but I am more visionary. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But there are things that I'm not good at, but I never understood why. And then I read that book and I was like, okay, this makes sense. Yes. And so I'm, I, I give myself a little bit more grace now after reading it. I had the same exact experience. And so for those of you who don't know, EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, go to eosworldwide.com. Really good website, books, all that stuff. I'm not an affiliate, although I should be. But a lot of people have heard of the book Traction and have probably read it or leafed through it or might be sitting on your bookshelf collecting dust or whatever. Um, and I, like most, like a lot of people, read Traction a couple times. Like, all right, I get it. But like, there's a lot of stuff in there, especially when you're operating you know, by yourself and you're like, I dismissed it a couple of times. I'm like, that's too much. I don't have the time to go through that. I don't really understand it. It's just me. And then I read Rocket Fuel. I read it on a plane to Texas. It was March, 2021. I, I remember that like so vividly. And that was the, the light bulb for me. And I was like, wow, I get it, right? So I, I, I'm a little bit of both. Like if you take the assessment, um, but I've been playing integrator for a long time because I'm the owner of the business and there's a lot that just needs to get done and just, you know, someone has to do it and there's no one else to do it besides yeah. me, right? So I've gotten really good at the integrator type things. But um, when I read that book, yes, I, I that, that word grace is really good because like, oh, there's a reason that I procrastinate on this and like, I am not good at that. <laughs> and like, not to make excuses, like you've got to take ownership. Like one of our core values is extreme ownership. Mm -hmm. So I take ownership of the fact that I suck at certain things, but that book kind of gave me permission to like, you know, hire out some of those things, whether it's employees or, you know, consultants or things like that to kind of get out of my own way. Because I realized that me trying to do those things, not being good at them, not, you know, not doing them on time, um, like my taxes or whatever it might be, like those are holding back the business mm -hmm. and they're holding back, you know, the people in our company. And uh, yeah, so that's been a been a game changer for me. Like EOS has been, we've been implementing it for almost a year, like to a T. Even in the books, it says like, it's going to take a couple of years to you like really, really get into it. And so it's a process, um, but we're having our, our Q2 meeting this Friday actually. And I was going through this morning and prepping for it and finalizing the agenda and all that. And I was like, just, it makes you feel so good. Cause there's like, there's structure around like, all the mm -hmm. stuff that's out there in orbit, like orbiting our heads 24 seven, it kind of gives a lot, it, not kind of, it gives it a lot of structure. So. Yeah. And especially like, 
especially with your core value of extreme ownership there, if you're implementing EOS in your company, there is no room for less than extreme ownership, right? Especially if you're doing your, your team meetings and you're going over um, like your goals and the, you know, what your metrics are, your rocks. Yes. Yeah. Going over your rocks and everything. There's, there's no way that you can't have extreme ownership. And one of the things I liked um, about it when I worked for the other company was that it held everybody accountable to what they're supposed to be. And it was easier for us to manage up or manage out because when you do those, not a lot of people even do yearly reviews, right? But when you start implementing those quarterly reviews with your employees and you are kind of grading them based off of your core values, are you exhibiting that most of the time sometimes or not at all? It is so much easier to manage people that way. And if you have to discipline them or write them up, it's kind of like, okay, here's why. And instead of like, um, it's not objective or it's not subjective, it's objective. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I found that like was one of the best things with managing people, how, how helpful it was. I completely agree. Yeah. You're able to give one another feedback without it being like an attack, without it being subjective. Yeah. And it's like truly like you have, you have the vision and everyone's like knows what that is. So like, if you're not going to give people feedback, then you're not helping one another, like achieve that, that vision. Um, and if you're not into EOS or anything like that, like it sounds kind of woo woo, but like, it's, it's so, <laughs> it's so true. It's like, it's black and white. Like, it is, yeah. This is what is required of all of us. And we're able to like have these open candid conversations without feeling like attacked, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And it's so it's so freeing because as we've grown the team, like it really helps you get out of your own way, and you're able to say, "Man, guys, like I'm just not good at this. Like, can you guys help me with this?" Or like, just admit your, you know, because we can't be good at everything, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes, as as business owners, like I I go through this. Like, I think I have to be. I have this false belief that I have to be good at, at all the aspects of business, right? Mm-hmm. That's just not that's just not reality. Maybe some people are out there are, but that's not me. So. Yeah, it's awesome. I think the one last thing really quick about that, that, um, you know, if anybody is listening and, and they are implementing EOS, I think, you know, one of the the best pieces of advice now that I'm an owner, I don't have staff yet, but I will at some point. But, you know, as a, an employee uh, on the leadership team with the other owners, right, it's you have to just remember that when you're in those leadership team meetings, that your hats are off, your ownership hat is off and everybody's equal at that table. And I think that was like one of the hardest things for us to have the concept of because it's like you're you're an owner and you want to respect them and they're, you know, they are ultimately the the leaders of the company, but then you got to take that hat off. And so if I can give you any advice too, it would be to try and take that hat off and make sure that everybody feels like they have an equal say at the table in that leadership team meeting. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. I'm working on that. And I try to tell, I do this. I tell the team, like, it's not the Joe show. And, you know, I want people to make decisions like, cause you know, decision fatigue is a real thing. Like you can't, there's so many decisions we make as business owners every day. I don't, I don't want all that burden. Like I want other people to make decisions for the organization. Cause 
a lot of times they have better information. Maybe they have a clearer head. They have better perspective. You know, like so. Yeah, that's that's something that EOS really helps you level up your leadership in that way. Absolutely. I will. I mean, you have an amazing team, though. Just from working with them for the last, I think it's been a month now, maybe a month, longer, two months. I don't know. Maybe two months. You have a really amazing team. Love working with you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Um, yes, very, uh, very grateful. And that goes back to core values. That goes back to EOS. That goes back to your purpose and all that. Like, again, it sounds woo-woo for people that haven't, you know, done that, but. I love woo-woo. <laughs> it really does. Like, I always thought core values, your purpose, your mission. It's like, okay, you do that stuff like in, you know, in a, at a retreat somewhere in the mountains or whatever. And it's like, doesn't apply to real world. But it really does. It really mm-hmm. does. So I appreciate that. So have you been able to like get some traction with your marketing and your content since you've been since you've been working with us? Oh my God. Yeah. I was I took a screenshot. I wanted to I knew I was gonna talk to you today, so I wanted to share this with you. I just on my face I'm gonna give you some stats just on my Facebook alone, not on my personal Facebook, my company Facebook, in the last 30 days, which is really like when I actually started to post on a regular daily basis and actually do things right with my social media, Instagram. I haven't looked at my Instagram, but my Facebook alone, my post engagement went up 570%. My video clicks went up uh, 1,200%. My photo (laughs) videos, uh, photo views, 2,600%. Like everything is up in the hundreds or thousands of percent, which I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing that I wasn't doing anything before, but I will say that, you know, yes, I'm getting traction I'm closing Facebook leads, which I had no idea that like that was even going to, you know, occur. And, um, yeah, your team is very helpful. We just had hail yesterday. Um, it was tiny, nothing, but it was a lot. And so my anxiety level like went up, like, oh my God, am I ready for this? And so thank God I'm working with your team on scripts and things like that. But the traction alone, I mean, just just the social media presence and learning what to do and how to do it is just so helpful, you know? Because it's me, I'm not, I don't have a marketing manager. Like you guys are my marketing managers, but you also hold me to extreme accountability, which is so nice. All right, so that was not planned. Lee talking about how amazing our team is and the results that she's gotten within Contractor Dynamics, although I wasn't stopping her, right? And if you guys are interested in learning anything more about what we do here at Contractor Dynamics, you can head on over to the URL, put it on the screen, contractordynamics.com, where we've got some free training videos. You can book a call with our team. Basically, what we do in a nutshell is we are a marketing training company. So we train roofing companies on how to create their own content, how to run their own marketing, how to run their own social media ads, how to become five mile famous in their area, how to recruit sales reps and top talent to grow their teams. Basically, we train roofing companies on how to build out a marketing machine inside their roofing company. So if you're someone like Lee and you're an owner operator, you run a small company and you're not at the point where you're working with marketing agencies yet and you wanna learn how to run your own content, really differentiate even in a crowded market like Denver, 
then this is something that might interest you. Even if you are a larger company, you're working with agencies, and you really wanna bring that video and that content, that social media component in-house so that you can really differentiate and stand out in your market, then check out some more info at our website, contractordynamics.com, and we'll get you right back to the conversation with Lee. Absolutely. I mean, I, I almost not going to make it to your meeting the other day because I had a, a customer sit down and I closed that deal. And, and two of my out of like my three largest deals, two of them were from Facebook. So it's like this is it works if you do it and you're consistent, you know? Yeah, you're speaking my language um, and you're <laughs> I mean, you're a new new company in a very crowded market in Denver and you are standing out and generating business and all that. So for all the doubters out there, not necessarily doubters of us or anything like that, but like doubters yeah. about like, hey, can I can I really differentiate? How do I stand out, right? Um, go check out, we'll put the links below, uh, to Lee's, uh, business to Lavello construction, social media, but, um, you know, don't obviously copy her cause everyone's got their unique flavor and spin on <laughs> things, but just like, believe that you can do it. If you, I mean, if you put your mind to it, right. Um, uh, but you really can, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, believe that you can do it. Right. Uh, you don't have to be this like huge, you know, gigantic company to really make a dent. Um, you know, a lot of times those big companies, yeah, they 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 they're like aircraft carriers. Like it takes a while to like move them, right? Because they they're so stuck in their ways, and you know there's layers of decision making and things like that. So a lot of times, as a smaller company, you can be much more nimble and agile and, and be able to you know uh, have an impact pretty immediately. So, but it's it's just so great to to work with your company and and have the guidance that I do, you know, and that that one on one treatment is amazing. It's you know it's owning a company and doing all the things can be very, very stressful. And then if you add on marketing, you know, that word I think is a trigger word for a lot of people, but you know, I mean, it's so true though, it you is. know, and, yeah. and you don't think about it until you really need it. But I will say, you know, in the last two months, it's just been unbelievably helpful and has really, you know, shifted my online presence in such a great way. Awesome. You rock. I mean, you do the work, you know, we're just the guides. So, but yeah, marketing is a four letter word. Like even like, I try not to use it in my content <laughs> a lot. Um, and we're, we're, we're yeah. going to release a few like courses this quarter. And I think one of them is going to be called social selling. Um, so not even marketing. Cause like, you know, when you talk to roofers marketing, it's like, everyone's got that, like, you know, they might tune out right away. Uh, but if you talk about selling, then, you know, then their ears perk up. So uh, that's something that we've learned. Um, so what is it that ideally, you know, your EOS, you're, you're solo right now, you're going to be building out your team. Ideally, what do you see yourself, you know, what's your ideal job role? Like, what are you doing every day? What, what would excite you about like your everyday job? Um, I mean, what excites me now is like being out in the field and meeting with clients and solving problems, right? But I think there is a part of me that in my family, we have a lot of teachers. And I feel like, you know, they're a part of me does like teaching. And so, you know, when when the time comes and I grow my team, you know, I still want to be in the field. I still want to be meeting with homeowners just on a different basis, more of like a, Hey, you know, this is the person behind the yard sign, right? My face is on my yard sign or my avatar. And so I just, you know, I want to be teaching a team, building 
them up so that they have the confidence to, you know, run my company. And then, you know, a later date, we'll talk about my five and 10 year goals, but that education I think is very, very big for me. And so when I get to that point of hiring people and, and having them run my company, it'll look a little bit different, but I still want to be out in the field. Okay. Kind of be like pop in and say hello, shake some hands, kiss some babies, that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's the crews that I have, I've known for, you know, 10, 12 years. I I knew them at my old company. And so some of them called me and said, Hey, I heard you started your company. Can I work for you? And I was like, yes, absolutely. So I love, you know, being in the field with my crews and talking with them and, you know, seeing how their families have grown. And so I don't want to lose that personal touch. You know what I mean? Like with, with my company, I, I mean, one, can you call one person a family? Maybe, I don't know, but I still want to have that like family feel. You know what I mean? I I, I absolutely know what you mean. One of the hardest things for me has been like that, you know, feeling disconnected from our clients a little bit, right? Because we have our training team and, you know, I'm not like day to day involved in like helping our clients write their Facebook ads, right? We have an amazing team that does that. So for me, that's been a little bit of like, I don't know, an identity thing, just a real a, a challenge. And I think everyone everyone goes through that, right? But I think the the solution to that is knowing that you're pouring into your team so that they are pouring into your clients and delivering that same level of of service that you expect and that you want to be known for. So Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like my I come from a family of teachers as well. My mom was, my sister was, and uh I never, I never was a teacher, but like, if you look at what I, if I look at what I do now, I mean, that is kind of <laughs> what I do, right? I'm not in a classroom. Totally. Um, but it's, it's interesting how that, how that happens. I love the education part of it, like for our clients, for a market and, and more so, you know, increasingly so for our team too. Yeah, totally. I love when you teach somebody something and you can literally see that aha moment in their eyes of like, oh, I get it. That makes sense. I love that, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, geeky stuff like, you know, teaching people how to use their calendar, which is like super basic, but mm-hmm. I've been, I've been getting more dialed in on that the past couple of months. And now it's like, I want to uh, have a meeting with our whole company and, you know, kind of teach everyone how to better utilize their time and their calendar and things like that. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. I want to jump into a lightning round of a few quick, uh, fun questions. Oh, but anything else? Okay. Anything else you want to add um, about your journey, your company, or any lessons for like new business owners out there? I mean, it just keep going, you know. And and I've I've told a couple people this, but you know that why question comes up of you know what is your why? And and I always say you know if your why is strong enough, then why not? Ooh. And um, yeah, just just keep going and and do what you love. Just be be passionate about it. Don't don't lose your passion for the industry if that's why you want to start a company. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I love that. And that's good for Kelly. I mean, because dude, this business is hard, right? Some days suck. There's a lot to go wrong. Like we take losses. Hopefully, you get wins yep. as well. But like, you need to have that why to propel you through those through those tough times. If you don't, you're gonna give up. So definitely can resonate with that. Um, well, thanks so much for sharing. Are you up for some fun questions? Yes, let's do it. All right. This is what we call our lightning round. Speaking of teaching, um, I'm, uh, I'm assuming you're a fan of learning as well. Uh, what, what's, uh, what are you reading right now? What book are you reading? I'm reading Baseline Selling because Benny yelled at me 
Oh, this is lightning. So I should go fast. But um, Benny scolded me for not being obsessed with sales. And so now I'm obsessed with sales and trying to read every sales book I possibly can. So right now it's baseline selling. Okay. Well, my two cents would not, would be to not try to read too many. I mean, this is my personal opinion. Like just pick one and go all in with that, you know, because there's different selling systems and things like that. But I get it. Uh, Cool. What is your, and you might not have one. That's okay if you don't, but uh, what is your morning routine? Mm, Wake up 10 minute meditation every morning, walk the dog, drink my protein shake, FaceTime my mom. Awesome. (laughs) Love it. Every morning. Yep. That is awesome. I, I think that most successful people that I've read about or that I know, they they start their morning off with intention, with mm-hmm. some sort of routine. They're not just rolling over and you know cracking open their email and responding to Facebook mm-hmm. messages and stuff like that. So yeah, um, that's awesome. What is your next travel destination, business or pleasure or whatever? In Florida. Uh, my mom and my brother live in Florida, and so I'm going to uh, visit them for Mother's Day. Which awesome. Yeah. Where in Florida? Uh, Titusville. Do you know Titusville? It's like uh, 45 minutes east of Orlando by the Space Center, a little bit okay. north of Cocoa Beach. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So everything's done. It's Saturday. You're not working. Uh, chores are done around the house. What is Lee doing on a free Saturday? Free Saturday. Uh, either running errands around town. Um, I love to golf. So... Uh, I just got a new set of clubs, so I've been going to the driving range a lot. Um, so driving range, golf, dinner with friends, nothing crazy. That sounds awesome. Sounds perfect. Finally, how can people connect with you, follow you? They give a really good energy about you. I think people might be like, yeah, I want to follow this girl and you know see her journey unfold. Yeah. Uh, Facebook. I mean, Facebook and Instagram are probably the best. Facebook for business is Lavello Construction, Instagram Lavello Construction. Facebook is just my name, Lee Lipniscus. Personal Instagram is Lemonade464, like lemonade. Oh. <laughs> All right. So we're connected on Instagram, but I did not put that together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I did, I, yeah. I did not put that together. So it's okay. That's cool. Like lemonade. All right. Thanks for clarifying. Cool, Lee. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I know you got a lot going on. I appreciate your time. It was really good to connect, get to learn more about you, and I uh, appreciate you sharing your time and your your insights and wisdom and experience with our audience. Thank you for having me. This is very fun. All right, folks. Hopefully, that was entertaining and valuable for you. I love Lee's energy, so that's why I was very excited to have her on and to share her with you guys a little bit as well. So uh, as always, please leave a comment down below if you're on YouTube, if you're uh, if you're listening on the podcast, if you've got any feedback, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram at HeyJosephHughes. Definitely connect with Lee. We'll put all of her contact info uh, below, above, wherever it is here. Uh, feel free to share this with anyone that you think might find value from it. I greatly appreciate your time, your attention, and your energy today in investing into learning about Lee and her business. So hopefully you can take some of those nuggets and apply to your business. Talk to you soon.